What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Hey, everyone, and welcome to Real Life Real Crime Daily for Thursday, February 29th, 2024, and I'm Jim Chapman. And I'm Woody Everson. I'm Mike Agavino. I thought we were really going to throw him off on the February 29th thing. Nope. Yeah. Jim looked at so his we're, calendar. We're, no, but that I think that was one of the Lost in Space episodes last week. Chinese spy balloon. Yeah, I want to say Chinese spy balloon. <laughs> anyway. Well, it is leap year and uh, Mike, leap bite. day or whatever you want to say. I want to bite you over February 30th anytime you want to yeah. come. Yeah. Absolutely. Open door. Yeah. Open roll door out, we'll Roll out the red carpet on February 30th. That's right. That's there might be a little special leap year something or other mixed up in here in my stories that you'll have to stay tuned for. Well, we're going to see who can jump the highest later. Quite interesting. The leap years contest. Very good. That's funny. Very good. All right. Well, it's time to get down some true crime time for Thursday, Thursday. And we're going to go to Alabama first. You know what? I forgot something. I forgot to tell you this. Uh Uh-oh. I had my first Shiner Bob. I had my first. Oh, that's so good. I had my first sixteen. Did you have it? In, <laughs> did, you have it did you have it in a cold? Oh, that's right. He in a cold mug or in yeah. a bottle? I had it in a cold. I, it, it, they hand you the bottle and hand you the ice right. glass. Two things. Two things I want to tell you about that. And Shinerbach really should be a sponsor of this show. Yeah, because I have all their memorabilia. And thirty years ago, you couldn't get it outside the state of Texas, so I had to get it a load every time I came back from Texas. Now you can get it anywhere, even mm-hmm. up in Yankee Land. But the I, up until COVID, that's all I drank, and, and then and then I couldn't get it, and so I had to swap to Ultra. But the the bottles are great; you can rotate them in the freezer. But the the keg Shinerbach was pressurized correctly, and a cold bug out the freezer can't beat it. I have a kegerator right now on my cooking shed as Shinerbach, and mm-hmm. love Shinerbach, mm-hmm. and a cold. Frosty mug. Shinerbach, then Yingling, then Nothing Ultra. finer than an icy cold Shiner. Yeah. That's right. I agree. And one of our fans is Jake actually Donaldson, from, right? yeah, Jake he's Donaldson. from that Shiner. Shout Texas out, Jake. Area. We need to get the hook up with those peeps. All right. Well, let's go to Alabama, and we're going to talk about, just, this is just a horrific story, the Birmingham Police Department uh, issued a missing person alert for a 20-year-old woman who disappeared over the weekend, and she was found shot to death. Uh, Mahogany Jackson was last seen on Sunday, February 25th. She was wearing a blonde wig, black shirt, and blue jeans. She had reportedly sent a text to family members around 7.30 that morning, and in the text message, Jackson told her family she was being held hostage and asked them to alert police. Jackson shared her location with her mother and sister. Uh, The location was pinged to the Serenity Apartments, which is in Birmingham's Powderly community. However, when police went to the building, they did not find Jackson there. Uh, On Monday, February 26th, around 2.19 a.m., officers responded to a report of a deceased person on the side of the road. Uh, Officers found the victim, later identified as Jackson, suffering from a gunshot wound. Birmingham Fire and Rescue pronounced Jackson dead at the scene, and police, as of this recording, have no one in custody. In a statement, they uh, the officer said, "Our hearts and family, our hearts go out to the family and friends of this young lady at this time." It's crazy, right? That, and she she you know was able to send that text, yeah, which is even it's just horrible that it ended up this way, right? I mean, just now our parents no motive, they have no idea who yeah. did it. Yeah, family is a member of a club unfortunately nobody wants to be a part of now yeah yeah and and looking at that text it um to me if it was someone she knew she would have put that in the text right so it may looking at that text it 
it could have just been a random guy that just yeah. held her gunpoint and took her. Yeah. Horrible. Crazy. I don't know. Mm. Um, let's go across the country to Seattle. I like Seattle. Used to be one of my favorite places. I like Seattle. Meg Ryan. I went to the original Starbucks, Meg Ryan. which is about as big as this room. Pike's Place. You go to Pike's right, Place yeah, Market. Yeah, yeah. Where they throw the fish I've out. I've been there. They, they, yeah. I, I didn't. One of the few places that I've been that y'all actually been is Seattle. Did you catch a fish? Did you catch a fish? No, I didn't didn't catch fish, but there's a a restaurant on the the bottom level that overlooks the sound. God damn, it's the best clam chowder ever. Yeah, it's good. I've been there. Well, I cruised out of there to go to Alaska on uh, Norwegian cruise lines. Yeah. So Seattle I have been to. Space Needle. Yeah. Pretty cool. <laughs> Meg Ryan and the space. Needle. Well, more than wait, and there's nothing really. You've got it. The two essential yeah. Yeah. Seattle things. The world has become a smaller place, and people are traveling more freely between countries than ever before. And companies are doing more business outside of their home countries than ever before. The geniuses at Rosetta Stone saw this trend beginning to develop years ago, and have dedicated decades toward researching and refining the best and most efficient way to teach someone a new language. Rosetta Stone has been one of our most loyal sponsors here at Real Life Real Crime and The Daily Show, and that's because many of you out there have trusted Rosetta Stone to prepare you for everything from a family reunion to a once-in-a-lifetime trip to a business trip in a faraway country. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program in the galaxy. Rosetta Stone's been there for us with a great product at a great price. Rosetta Stone is a trusted expert in language learning for 30 years with millions of users. Rosetta Stone's intuitive process helps you pick up a new language naturally so you retain what you learn, and their true accent speech recognition feature is like having a personal trainer. So don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Real Life Real Crime and The Daily Show listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash today, today. Au revoir. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Um, A homeless Seattle man built a ticking time bomb cabin featuring a washing machine and a treadmill at a public park months after he allegedly stole an excavator to tear up part of the site in his pursuit of gold. Uh, This is a story right right up up Woody Overton's alley. That's right. Steve Irwin, age 41, no relation. No relation. No relation. relation. Caused $15,000 worth of damage when he dug up part of a Seattle Park Hillside using a stolen excavator. Excavator, Mike. Irwin then built a cabin on the location that he now lives in. He's now planning on building a mine to search for gold underground. He claims that he was given permission to build the cabin in Dr. Jose Rizal Park in, I've never heard of that, in Seattle's Beacon Hill neighborhood. Irwin's illegal cabin now features fireplaces, propane heaters, a washing machine, multiple generators, and a treadmill. Park stewards and neighbors are concerned about the safety of Irwin's activities. Of course, Andrea Suarez of We Heart Seattle, a homeless outreach group, expressed her concerns over the potential hazards at the camp, citing the presence of kerosene, propane and gasoline. He is digging into the slopes, building structures, tearing down trees, undoing thousands of dollars in repairs, she said. There's also a risk of him being in that environment. There are three different forms of fuel down there. Wires are everywhere. It's a ticking time bomb. When the group searched his makeshift encampment, they found chainsaws, five pounds of weed, mess, and a dozen stolen credit cards. That's the ultimate. Pounds, that's the please. ultimate mix. Uh, that that's a combo you won't find often. Chainsaws, five pounds of weed, meth, and a dozen stolen credit cards. It appears Irwin has not. 
faced any real consequences. He claims uh, that a gold mine is on the site, but many people are skeptical. He's dreaming that this is a gold mine, that he's mining for diamonds, and that he's going to find gold and strike it rich, Suarez said. Irwin was arrested in October for driving an excavator into a grove of trees to clear space for his cabin. Uh, Although he was arrested, he was taken to jail and then released almost immediately. Genevieve Courtney, a park steward, called 911 after she observed Irwin, quote, driving a little crazy with this heavy piece of machinery. She said the 911 dispatcher asked, does he have a weapon? She said, I'm like, yes, he has a backhoe. That's a weapon. (laughs) The experience appears to have done little to deter Irwin, who is now using power tools to clear away more park foliage. He told officers he received permission from construction workers to use their excavator to build his new home. Neighbors are demanding action from both police and park officers, but both say their hands are tied. This guy is getting away with it, and I don't understand that. We are uh, absolutely frustrated. We need some civility here. We need police action, said Brian Hartman, a neighbor. Why are we here in the first place? Why has Seattle become a no-rules playground? How do they say their hands are tied? He's tearing up public property. Because they won't prosecute him. Oh, jeez. So he was was arrested. Fuck it, I'm moving to Seattle. I'm going to do whatever I want. I mean, this is a a public park. He's torn up a public park and erected this cabin. I get it. And (laughs) living on it. And he got five, <laughs> pounds, for a goal. five well, pounds of weeds and credit cards and meth. Let me ask you what happened. And a stolen excavator. Yeah, Let's okay. suppose. I wish you'd try suppose, that shit down here. Suppose this guy finds hundreds of pounds of gold. The, the, well, first of all, there's no gold in Seattle. Okay, so, but. Second, secondly, but it's a park, suppose he does. Park rounds. They're, they're going to seize it. Right. Yeah. yeah. If you if you find a then buried, they'll find a way to get involved. Yeah. Look, you go go off of the I don't know the coast of Pensacola and find a sunken ship with you know gold you, a gold chest in it, and none of that gold can it, you keep. Start, you, you can now because Mel Fisher uh, took the government to court when he found the Lenore's uh, uh, Atocha. And they found all the shit, and then he was willing to give the state half, and 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 the government half, and they were like, and "We're taking it all." So he took him to court and had to fight for many, many years, and he wanted all. So well, the, the then me and Woody are getting a boat, exactly. we're going off the coast of James. Pensacola. James Cameron got the entire Titanic. Come on, didn't you see the movie? Yeah, that's the, <laughs> the entire thing, except for that one door off. that the. Don't don't thread me with a good time. I almost invest them ten thousand dollars. Some invest in the company. They're still finding shit. They're miss, still missing. Oh, they, shit, but, think how vast the ten, oceans ten, are. Ten thousand dollars. You there. get to die for the week. You basically, you work for them underneath the blowers and you, and you look for stuff. But I didn't give a shit. If I could be underwater for a week, diving every day, for digging a week, for gold. Gold, emeralds, whatever else. Yeah. And the thing is, you get to keep a certain percentage of what you find. Okay. You may not find anything, but you may hit the mother load. May hit the mother. You know what Mel Fisher said every day when he got up? What? He was broke as fuck, lost his kids in the fires and looking for the stuff. And so many times I had to borrow money just to get gas to go out. But every day he got on his boat and he said, today's the day. Yeah, and then, well, he, and then he found it. And then he found Nick him. Nolte and Jacqueline Bissett got to keep everything they found in the deep. Are you saying that movie was not accurate? <laughs> Nick Nolte. I didn't Lord. say they, they couldn't keep it. I just, if they got to keep it, it's because Mel Fisher fought for it. All right, famous was, famous photo of Jacqueline Bissett. He's the mayor. The wet mayor after of diving. Key West. Don't remember that one. Let's get back to crime. Let's get back Sorry. to some crime time. That was Alabama. a crime. Yes. Alabama. Here we go. Back again, to Bama, you're back again. to Bama. Again. Back to Bama. I couldn't get out. Because there were too many good stories in Alabama. Right. That's right. And we're going to talk about a angler like Woody. He's an angler. That's, That's a right. fishing angler for That's those people that are unfamiliar. Spots a truck in an Alabama lake that belonged to a man that has been missing for 11 years. This according to police. An angler was fishing on that Alabama lake when he spotted what he thought was a vehicle. And when authorities recovered the truck, they learned it was registered to a man who had been missing for 11 years. Deputies with the Cherokee County Sheriff's Office responded to Weiss Lake after a fisherman's call. This was on February 23rd. They fished the truck out of the lake and learned that the owner was Oscar Lewis King. He vanished in 2015 
13 at the age of 72. Uh, King was driving a blue Dodge pickup truck and was known to visit his family in Texas. Uh, He and his vehicle were reported missing on December 2nd. He lived in uh, Alabama, and Cherokee County Sheriff Jeff Shaver said that the area has some boat ramps that have led cars to accidentally slip into the water. What do you know how that is when you... When you go into the boat ramp and yep. that, that happens, or even worse is when they they launch the boat and then they'll put the plug in. Right. Yeah. Exactly. So, so sink the oh yeah, that's right. I've seen that happen. Uh, King had dementia and had left his glasses at home. Shaver said, and a couple years ago, investigators pulled four vehicles out of that same lake in an attempt to locate King, but none of them belonged to the missing man. YouTube channels were even put up dedicated to finding missing people and were documenting attempts to trace King's steps and find his vehicle, but it never led to the recovery of King's truck. The remains found in the truck are being sent to a forensic lab to confirm identification, so they haven't been positively identified, but the you know the suspicion is uh, obvious uh, conclusion there is that it is King. Right. Um, and so Chestnut Bay is a resort in northern Alabama, about 90 miles northeast of Birmingham. Uh, they don't know if there's been foul play, but they, they don't suspect it. Yeah. But they're still trying to figure out how he ended up in that water. He might have just, like said, slipped in and couldn't get out or something. Yeah, like but he didn't have a boat. He wasn't, it wasn't like he was fishing and he was putting his boat maybe, in the water. Maybe suicide. Hmm. Could be. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, that might be subject to board review. Susan Smith was out. No documented she crime. Suspect. Oh the, well, there's no document. There's a possible crime. <laughs> Would you say what are you? Yeah, possible I mean, crime. And I may uh, do a follow up next week. Might be the guy was shot. You we know, don't know. Yeah. Remember mm-hmm. Susan Smith, right? Well, I wonder if uh, those folks in Bama will pick up the phone and call our friends in Broussard so they can quickly figure out Parents. if that is the guy or not. But you know, let's face it, at some point, each and every one of us is going to take a dirt nap. And I know just before my last breath, I'm going to break a little smile knowing I'll be laid to rest by Roy and the two Christians in Louisiana Funeral Services and L.A. Pet Crematory under that big American flag in Broussard. In fact, I've left thorough instructions for Roy as far as everything I'd like taken care of and how when I die. I've even given Roy the responsibility of holding on to two envelopes, one for Woody and one for Jim, as I've taken the liberty of scripting out their eulogies. Uh, you guys, I mean, you, just, you, you, you need a little help. Money in need a little help from me. So I don't want to give it away, but Jim's speech starts off with, I'm very sorry for every cruel thing I ever <laughs> said about you and every cruel thing I ever did to you. <laughs> While Woody starts off with, I always liked you more than Jim. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to give away too much, as you never know when you're going to be called up. But when you are, it's good to know you have people you can trust in the business. You know, that's interesting, Mike. If and when I go, I'd prefer you not to speak at all at my service. (laughs) Just saying. Uh, Louisiana Funeral Services and Louisiana Pet Crematory, along with Parish Forensics, are all together as the sole facility in Louisiana offering forensic autopsy, post-autopsy embalming, funeral services, cremation services, and pet cremation. Hey, I go, I'd be happy to speak at your <laughs> funeral and you know, your service, but like Jim, I prefer you not speak at mine. <laughs> you know, we joke around, folks, because there's no real easy way to speak of death. But it's reality. And when something happens in your family or your family pet, there's only one place to call. Yeah, whether it's a family pet or a family member, and whether it's a direct cremation or a traditional two-day funeral service with a great graveside burial, you know what to do. Call 1-800-FUNERAL. That's 1-800-F-U-N-E-R-A-L. Or go to LAFuneralServices.com or LAPEC.com crematory.com that's lafuneralservices.com or lapetcrematory.com or just go drop in on underneath that big american flag in Broussard, louisiana they're all lifers so let them know you listen and appreciate them and supporting what we do rest easy. easy we're going to go down to the caribbean for another crazy story out of the uh 
out of the Caribbean and talk about a Virginia couple sailors, big, big time sailors. So the Virginia couple were enjoying their retirement, cruising the Caribbean on their yacht. They are now feared dead after three escaped prisoners hijacked their vessel. Ralph Hendry and Kathy Brandle were docked on Sunday in the St. George's area of Grenada, which has become an annual destination for sailing enthusiasts. Never been there. I didn't know that. New season um, below deck. I love that show. It's in Grenada. Is it really? Yeah. Oh, I thought all of those were like Mediterranean. That's what, that's what I said. It's a new okay. season. See? There you go. There you go. Uh, the vessel is a catamaran-type sailing yacht. So, you know, has these two holes uh, side by side. The prisoners <laughs> age 30. Thanks for telling everybody that. Well, not everybody knows what a catamaran is. It's more Do they? Has, Does everyone know has, what a catamaran is? It has more storage on, on those bigger catamarans, too. And it's better for rough seas. Large cats are cool. The prisoners, aged 30, 19, and 20, had been locked up on charges of violent robbery, with the eldest also being held on three counts of attempted rape. There you go. The Royal Grenada Police Force, known as the RGPF, says the three prisoners were discovered near another Caribbean island on Wednesday, but there was no sign of the couple. Investigators say the boat was ransacked and appeared. it appeared as though a violent act had taken place on board. On their DNA. The RGPF is currently working on leads that, should, that suggest that the two occupants of the yacht were killed in the process. That's according to a police statement on Thursday. A GoFundMe post by Jessica Maws, who says she is a close friend of one of the couple's cousins, wrote that they were dead. It is with profound sadness and heavy hearts that we share the devastating news of the senseless act of violence that tragically claimed the lives of husband and wife Ralph Hendry and Kathy Brandle. Their lives ended in unimaginable tragedy off the shores of Grand Anse Beach, Grenada. However, Hendry's sister... Suellen Damare says she's still keeping some faith that they're uh, possibly alive and she's still trying to figure out exactly what happened. Uh, why would I presume anyone is dead with no body and, and uh, no DNA at this point? I want to remain positive. I want to believe that they are alive, she said. Um, and she shared some, shared some details about the heartbreaking incident. On Sunday, they went into town around 3 o'clock because another boater saw them go into town. And then the other boater, when he went to bed, noticed that they were there because you always look to see who's around you before um, uh, you go to sleep. And then in the morning when the boater woke up, they were gone. The RGPF said it had taken the three prisoners into custody. Ron Mitchell, uh, age 30, Trevin Robertson, a 19-year-old, and Abita Stancelos, a 20-year-old. They're all locals from Paradise in Grenada, and they had been locked up since December. So sounds like tragedy on the seas of the Never going to find them, and hopefully they'll find their DNA mixed with the victim's DNA on the boat because as um, Bandersloot, Natalie Holloway, yeah. is chunking in the water. Yeah. yeah, and that is the problem with those types yeah. of crimes. It's real easy to mm-hmm. weight them down and sink them. Yeah, you have to weight them down. You just throw them out there like sharks yeah. get them. Yeah. True. Well, yeah, but they were in a cove. You know, you're anchored off of uh, an island, but they but the they, they probably took off right, and then and right. then let them out in the middle uh, of the ocean because they left there. So. Sucks. As people work all their life to live their dream, and, right? And that yeah, was their life. So they sailed yeah. around the Caribbean. Half At the one year. time, that was my retirement plan. And I researched everything from Fountain Pujos to catamarans to whatever. Yeah, went to island hop. The the. Uh, chief of police right here in Denham Springs. That's what they do now. They sail uh, all over the world. Really? Yeah. It's getting getting to be a dangerous thing to do. As is everything. Down there anyway. All right. Well we're gonna we're gonna bring you back a little closer to home and actually we're in Baton Rouge, Louisiana for this Baton story. Rouge. And if this don't fire you up, uh oh, Lord. I don't know I don't know. You may want to question your your you know, your morals are getting fired up. This. Uh, scammers are striking 
following calls for donations to support a Baton Rouge church that was destroyed by a major fire. So the fire burned at St. Luke's Episcopal Church on Goodwood Boulevard during the early morning hours of Saturday, February 17th. So calls were made uh, for donations to support the church, and there were a bunch of like scam emails and text messages that are soliciting donations and gift cards. Officials say the messages appear to come from church staff members, but they are actually scammers trying to take advantage of people. Church officials said there have also been reports of scammers canvassing neighborhoods near the church trying to get people to donate cash in person. We are profoundly grateful for the outpouring of support of our community during this challenging time. That from uh, the Father Brian Owen, uh, who is the rector at St. Luke's, it's disheartening to witness attempts to exploit such generosity through deceptive tactics. We urge our community to remain vigilant and continue supporting our church recovery efforts through legitimate channels. The church is not going door to door to ask for donations and staff members are not sending out unsolicited text messages. Uh, so you can, you can actually go to St. Luke's if, if you were looking to support right. that, uh, they, they have a website and you can donate through that website, yeah. but you know, uh, anytime you see high profile things like this, mm-hmm. uh, you have people that scour, yeah just to find these types of yeah, things and, and they start their scam and these people, it's really disgusting. They are so disgusting. And I'm going to tell you real quick about another local case. And I'm sure you probably heard about it. There's a lady named, um, Jody price parole. Oh and, yeah. And she was raising money by telling people she had terminal cancer. Yep. Now the Livingston Parish Sheriff's Office busted her ass and rightfully yep. so. But she posted on Facebook several times uh, um, between September and January. She only had months to live. There were several fundraisers were held. Uh, other people held yes. everything else. Fish fries and, and stuff. And, yeah, and all kinds of money was donated. Uh, it's like just, how much money? They say how much money? Um, $2,500, I believe it was. They raised it one fish fry. Right, for it, sure. It's a, it was a lot. They don't say the exact amount in here. But anyway, they found out she didn't have any cancer at oh all. Oh, my God. She's just full of shit. The, uh, so, the whole thing I mean, it's was the same thing. People playing on, on emotions, church, religion. Yeah. People dying and, and whatever. Bro, you, I mean, come on, man. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah. I mean, it, it, is, uh, it makes it to where you, you just don't even – you got to be real careful where right. you donate. Um, we get we get people come to the studio, yeah. and, and some of them may be very legit, but unless it's a licensed nonprofit, yeah. uh, you know, I just can't. I, I can't support. I get, get Jim threw request. a girl threw a Girl Scout with cookies off the stoop last week. It was really it was well. They're for unnecessary. Yeah. I do not turn down dosey does. Ever. Uh, all, Ever. She, all she had and was like, the mint cookies left. Like and the pepper. Like what are the like peanut butter ones? You like the mints. Oh. I like the mints better than any of them. Oh, those are good, too. No, all of them the are co- good. The coconut ones. I like those what are those too. called? I don't remember, but I like them. Oh, I haven't had them in years. The peanut butter ones? I, like I will buy like a case. Too. Okay, so apparently you didn't throw the Girl Scout off. No. Okay, that's good. That's crazy, crazy, crazy. I got a serial killer in the nation's capital. Yeah. Bet you guys don't know this story. You're right. In the desperate months after 29-year-old Cheyenne Brown was last seen alive at a Washington, D.C. metro station, her mother, Nakadra Brown, nervously waited for a call from police. On December 7, 2021, Fairfax County police detectives scoured the grounds of a motel in Alexandria, Virginia, where the cell phone of Cheyenne, a single mother, pregnant with her second child, had last pinged on October 4th. But they didn't find anything, says Nakadra, who's now 49. Undeterred, the investigators returned days later. They had concluded a second fruitless search of the Moon Inn on busy Richmond Highway when a detective getting back into his car spotted a shopping cart and next to it a large plastic container in a nearby vacant lot. Inside the container were the badly decomposed remains of two women, one identified by her tattoo as Cheyenne Brown. 
The victim found alongside Brown was identified as Stephanie Harrison, a 48-year-old tourist from Redding, California. The grim discovery of the two bodies may, may not have been an isolated event. Weeks earlier, police in Harrisonburg, Virginia, which is about two hours uh, southwest of Alexandria, recovered the remains of two other missing women, Aline Beth Redman, who was 54, and Tanita Smith, who was 39, in a field next to a Howard Johnson's motel. Next to their bodies, there was also an abandoned shopping cart. Later that day, which was November 23rd, 2021, police arrested Anthony Robinson, 37, a factory and waste removal worker on charges of first-degree murder and other crimes in connection with the deaths of Redman and Smith. He had been staying at the motel while working at a nearby poultry processing plant. The investigation has since expanded with authorities saying Robinson is a suspect in at least six deaths in Virginia, Maryland, and Washington, D.C. Most of the bodies were dumped next to the killer's signature calling card, a shopping cart. According to police, Robinson, whom they described as a transient and who is known to have a daughter and sometimes live in Washington, D.C., allegedly met women on dating websites, lured them to motels, where he then brutally killed them. We have a serial killer, Fairfax County Police Chief Kevin Davis said at a press conference. Uh, he said he preys on the weak and the vulnerable. And after doing unspeakable things to his victims, he transports their bodies to their final resting place, literally in a shopping cart. In light of Robinson's arrest, police in Maryland uh, reportedly re-examined a bunch of other cases, including a 2018 sudden death, supposedly of natural causes, of Robinson's fiance at the time, Sky Allen, who was 30. Robinson also has been named as the sole person of interest in the deaths of Sonia Champ, 40, whose body was found in a shopping cart in Washington back in September of 21. Robinson has pleaded not guilty in the Redmond and Smith, that's the Harrisonburg murder cases, and is currently awaiting trial in a Virginia jail. He has not been charged in the other cases as of yet. In uh, August, Cheyenne Brown met Robinson online and invited him to meet her family at the house in Washington that she shared with her then seven-year-old son, Juan, and her mom, Nicandra. Uh, but the visit didn't go well. Amelia started screaming after Cheyenne's guest saw her wearing only underwear, and a cousin who was visiting that day asked the man to leave. More than a month later, Cheyenne left the house to catch a bus and was never seen again. On Thanksgiving, however, her cousin happened to see Robinson's mugshot in an Instagram post about his arrest on suspicion of the two murders in Harrisonburg. And he said, that's the guy. That's the guy I threw out of the house. He's the one who did something to uh, uh, to my daughter, the mother said, and I called the police. So that's when the police got on the first of the D.C. cases. This uh, the story of Robinson is the cover story in the current uh, issue of given him People name? magazine and is. Yes, he is the shopping, shopping cart, cart killer. I figured that. So um, that. And uh, no, I hadn't heard of that. Uh, fucking serial killers and when you started out with just two women in a shopping cart I was like mm, not serial killer because he killed him at the same time same crime but then obviously he's done a plethora of and the MO yeah, meet him online yeah, yeah, asking yeah, him to meet you at a remote right. motel and, and, and put him in the shopping cart and put him in the shopping cart I mean, how many bodies can you put in a shopping cart before you get suspicious yeah, yeah. well it's crazy very and we're doing a story not related to mile high crime today. All right. Mm-hmm. Mike's this look, he's getting out. nervous already. What's scared of Mike saying I got a game. <laughs> that would definitely be unsanctioned. Yeah. Uh, but it is leap year. Leap year. It is leap yes, year. Is. And you know, when, when we do these holiday style shows, uh, I like Wait, it's to, a holiday now. It's a holiday. So of sorts. Of sorts. They gave it a name. The Leap Day Holiday. Okay. Well, we're going to get into that. I'm going to get into that. But I like to do these uh, these little tie-ins. So for the first time in four years, anyone born on the 29th of February, sometimes known as Leaplings. Did y'all know that? They're called Leaplings. Of course. They get to celebrate their true birthday, given that 2024 is a leap year. On this extra leap day, there are certain customs that have stood the test of time and some quirky superstitions. So we're going to tell you a few of those from around the world, because we have 
listeners from around the world, right? This is true. This is true. So we're going to go to the UK. And did you know that women can propose to men on leap day? Now, the 29th of February is a day when it's decreed that women can propose to their partners. And while the notion that it is a man's role to propose is outdated, many still choose to follow that tradition. So if a woman, there are actually a lot of marriage proposals on really, leap day. There's a whole lot of dudes that are also locking themselves inside <laughs> the closet. <laughs> I hear you. So that's in the UK. Now in Ireland, turning down a leap day proposal can be costly. In the birthplace of the leap day proposal, where the 29th is also known as Bachelor's Day, a refusal can be expensive. Historically, if the proposal was refused, the woman would have to be given a gift to com- compensate for the disappointment. Well, again, that's the day that a whole lot of Irish dudes are locking themselves up in the closet. Yes. And uh, there are also records to suggest another penance. The refusing man may have to perform a juggling trick on Easter Sunday if he refuses really? the proposal. Well, that so makes what? complete sense. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, maybe with Easter eggs. I'm I sure. guess he has to give a little entertainment for right. the disappointment. In Scotland. I'm pretty sure. Uh, why is all this refuse, idiotic crap coming from the same place? Year, yeah. the, the, the relationship's not going to make it to Easter Sunday. That's right. You're that's right. Safe on the juggling. Yes, that's right. And and now we're going to go to Scotland. And don't forget the dress code for a leap day marriage proposal. Irish monks took the ladies' privileged tradition to Scotland, and it is said to have been made law by Queen Margaret. Uh, there was an added quirk that women must wear a red petticoat when proposing. A refusal also demanded compensation, a monetary fine or like in Ireland, such as a silk dress or gloves. Bet you they have gloves. That's vet. I mean, how do they know they have a red petticoat on? But, yeah. but I bet you they have gloves of men, whole taverns that just pack up with men and lock that fucking door. It's possible. Katie, bar the door. Katie, bar the door. Well, let's go to Germany, and you can decorate a birch tree with ribbons to show your love in Germany. There's a tradition that on the eve of the 1st of May, men decorate a birch tree with paper ribbons and put it out in front of the house of their girlfriend, wife, or someone they have a crush on. This is reversed on leap day. With women taking their turn. Oh, Lord. Only on leap day. Hmm. Uh, Don't do it on the day after leap day. Yeah. And I got one more for you. Well, two more for you. In Taiwan, cooked pigs known as trotters. Nothing wrong with that. uh, Yeah. (laughs) I knew you were going to say that. In Taiwan, a leap year is considered bad luck for the elderly. On the 29th or the whole month, married daughters return home to cook pig trotters for their parents. A dish that is said to bring them good fortune and long life. Nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that. Some pig trotter when I get home tonight. That's right. They don't have to marry the pig or anything. There's no. No. No marriage is not associated with that one. They eat it, right? They have it. And one more in Greece: avoid getting married or divorced in a leap year, according to superstition. Mm. Couples that get married in a leap year are more likely to find divorce. Plus, those that get divorced in a leap year are said to not find happiness for the rest of their lives. Well, what if you what if you do both? <laughs> yeah, I, I guess it would I'd it would totally to reverse the I curse. Married, I don't know. Leap year when I get married. How many? How often is a leap year? Once every four, four years. years. So let me go backwards. This is twenty four. <laughs> Be twenty twenty. so there you go just a little a little late that's a new segment called woody does math trivia Um, (laughs) trivia for you there yeah um officially i miss mile high crimes yeah no i actually thought that was cool yeah i I miss all this from a guy with with 27 game questions (laughs) (laughs) don't make me pull up facebook comments i I mean now i have to put all that into the the same thing like the ribbons and the red petticoats all all that's man-made bullshit for somebody to whatever get married (laughs) stay married mess with woody around valentine's day Anyway, all right. Well, speaking of Valentine's Day, it's not Valentine's Day, but no. it's time for. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah, it is one of the better ones I've for Thursday. Now I knew this is a thing. Um, well, I can't. Swim noses is a thing about realtors <laughs> having sex in houses they're trying to sell. But the, um, this one's a little bit different. Mm. So there was a realtor who was busted by the cops for having sex with a man in a house she had just sold. Right? Oh. Mm. Kayla Marisa Seelaw, 22 of Houston, had sold the house in Friendswood, Texas on Friday. But the following morning, police responded to a call from a concerned neighbor and found Seelaw there with Joshua Leal. Hey, now, Joshua. James Hicks had been leaving for work at 5 a.m. when he spotted a light from a flashlight coming from the supposedly empty home. Police arrived at the scene and spotted the pair lying, the pair lying on the floor having sex. Hey. I'm shocked. I'm just shocked and amazed, but not surprised, Hicks told the station. Seeloff <laughs> and Leal. Yeah, and Leal hid when officers entered through the unlocked front door. Then Seeloff told officers that she and Lil, 27 of Friendswood, were married and they had just bought the home the day before. A lie. Uh, a lie. Sound like some bullshit. But when officers escorted them to the car to get their IDs, Seeloff opened the door. Police say they smelled marijuana Uh-oh. and saw a glass stick on the dashboard. I mean, a glass pipe on the dashboard. <laughs> they found more drug paraphernalia inside and a small bag of weed inside as well. Mm. Seeloff admitted that it belonged to her and then revealed that she was actually the house realtor and had sold it the day before. The new homeowners filed charges and, and said they did not approve of the couple to be there or their unconventional housewarming Juice staying present. I mean, Man, I didn't just say that. Housewarming present. They left them. So, Seeloff and Lil were charged with criminal trespass and blah, blah, blah. And we're going to put up their pictures. And there you go. Your phone's ringing. Uh, that was. Uh, real life. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's appropriate the, the, um, when it's real life right, real crime. Right, right, that, that, good way to end the kinky crimes. Yes. For, but before we end it, I want to say this. That sounds to me like. What do you call that? That's ex- exhibitionism or something like that? Not really, because they, they had a flashlight. And they were just, it was five o'clock in the morning. Oh. That's called I'm a high as fuckism. Yeah. And I wanted to get yeah. that one. Well, well, I think that this woman's going to get a lot more listings. Maybe. After this. Yeah. Probably. Well, I she, would bet. She's probably already listening. You know, maybe, though, they, they it was kind of hot because they thought they could get caught. And then they, well, they did get caught. Well, but they, just sometimes. And dude, if I turtles, ever get arrested, just I want to have, I wanna have a Boston I, concert I like t-shirt it. I on. Yeah, yeah, it's true, too. You know, do you know she um, is certainly cheaper than a hotel room, and she made commission the day before. That's right. Yeah, and I mean, kind of ironic, I think the top song from that album was More Than a Feeling. She didn't, she was having respect for she more feel. He got more than a feeling in the what we don't know what room they had their romp in, huh? And you know, if they I were was, on they were on the floor. <clears throat> probably if, in the living room. Sure the carpet burns them up. If I yeah. were the buyer of that house, I think I just would have negotiated. Okay, what room were you in? Okay. Um take one and a half points off of your commission and I won't press charges, whatever. Right. Because you yeah, know, well, I'm pretty sure she's are, fired as fuck. She's fired. Why wouldn't she be? She I bet she's going to get it back in the house. She's going to sell a lot of houses now. Yeah, yeah I bet she might. <laughs> I, I'm thinking they made her partner because she's going to get a lot more listings. Yeah, now. I don't know. Will. But actually, the the Boston T-shirt makes it. There you go. It makes the whole thing. It's a banjo. It explains the whole. It does story. Banjo. Just another band out of Boston. On the road and trying to make ends meet. <laughs> We've done a lot of song lyrics. On this yes. Episode. I got a good one. I got a dummy. I got a smart dummy. Smart uh, dummy. But he gets caught. You got to play me some banjos before I can talk about I it. I just played it. Did you? Yes. I didn't hear. I was talking so much, I didn't hear my own banjo. <laughs> that, that, that happens. <laughs> Jesus, Mike. Okay. James Gork. Loved him some Harley Davidson motorcycles. Mm-hmm. As a kid, he learned all about them working in his dad's shop. He'd become a pretty good mechanic over the years, but he found he could use his knowledge of Harleys for a more lucrative cause, stealing them. Mm. Grork knew every biker bar within 500 square miles of his home in Peoria, Illinois. Mm-hmm. And he made sure never to steal a bike 
close to home. These babies were special, and if you stole a Harley locally, someone looking to buy might very well recognize it. But Gork did love to travel north to the home of Harley-Davidson, the great state Wisconsin. of Wisconsin. Over the years, he'd stolen more than 10 bikes from the lots of biker bars across the state. He'd hit every spot from Buck Knuckles up in Buffalo County to the Iron Buffalo near Green Bay to Uncle Mike's Highway Pub in Kenosha. The, 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 it, Wisconsin has more bar rooms or pubs or whatever in the middle of nowhere. Like, uh, actually, a week from today, I got nine guys coming in and from Come Wisconsin, on. and one of them owns the 409 Club. And uh, it's it's beautiful, but it's in the asshole middle of nowhere. But you pull up at noon, that whole parking lot is full of vehicles. I mean, yeah. what's the four hundred nine signify? Uh, it, I have to. Might be there. No, 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 cleaning product. No, 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 no. Or it might be four hundred one. Whatever. It is. There's a train. There's a train track that comes in front of it. It is the old train they used to run in Chicago. Ah, okay. Well. Similar kind of uh, location. Today's trip took Grork to a small town called Kansasville that had a famous saloon, biker bar, called the Dirty Ho Saloon. The Dirty Ho. I got to go there. Dirty Ho Saloon. Need a shirt. (laughs) I'm not going to say Grork's strategy was simple. Could be talking about gardening. Listen to what this guy did. He had a tool that would allow him to unlock any bike instantly and roll it into neutral. He had an extended Ford Econoline van complete with a winch that he'd attach to any bike and roll the Harley right up into the back and be gone from a scene in literally seconds. Grork had wanted a Harley fat boy ever since he saw Arnold Schwarzenegger ride one in the iconic quarry scene from Terminator 2. You guys know what a Harley fat boy is? Yep, yep, yep. Big, uh, it's a model, but it's it's a, like the biggest, fattest tank that it's a okay. So they still make it. It's not, so yeah, it's not like yeah. a classic Harley. It's a it's a style no, of Harley. They have they to model. Classic. It's a model of Harley. They have yeah. Fat oh yeah, Fat Boy's been around a long time. Yeah. Okay. Well, there it was, a mint condition Fat Boy sitting right out in front of the Dirty Hose Saloon. <laughs> so, like Ferris Bueller knew he must drive Cameron's Ferrari, Grork knew he had to ride the Fat Boy. But first, he'd have to steal it. He was a master at this, and the entire job took less than sixty seconds. Moments later, he was back on the road, headed toward Peoria. One of the great things about robbing Harleys in the Wisconsin winter is that nobody questions why your face is covered in a mask. Nobody saw Grork coming, and nobody saw Grork leaving. It was the perfect crime. He couldn't wait, so within minutes of his return back to Peoria, Grork rolled the fat boy back off of the van and began replacing the ignition. As he did, he noticed that on the handlebar, it read... Property of Kale Conrad, UFC. And right next to that, he could see a small circular electronic device that was flashing red. He thought, hmm, I've never seen one of these before. Rourke took a picture with his phone and turned to his computer where he first searched Kale Conrad, UFC. The result was a bit unnerving. Apparently, the fat boy belonged to a heavyweight ranked UFC fighter from Appleton. Not good. What was worse, though, was the search he did on the little electro- electronic device. It's called a Zerify Micro, the smallest GPS tracker on the market. At that very moment, James Grork's doorbell rang. He quietly shuffled over to a window and looked toward his front door, where he saw two men, who easily weighed 500 pounds combined, standing alongside two officers. The men standing by the door heard these words come from inside the house. I'm alone. I have the fat boy. Can I please ride it before you take me away? Oh, <laughs> the next thing James Gork remembers is waking up handcuffed in a patrol car to the sound of banjo music. Yes. Dumbass. All Dumb of that brilliance, all of those bikes he had stolen over the years, and mm-hmm. he effed up. The Zerify Micro. X-E-R-I-F-Y. Zerify Micro. Y'all might want to get one of those. Yeah, I think my bike. There's something days. you don't want to have stolen. My biking days are done. Unless it's got four wheels. That's it. What are really? you? You're done. That's it. Aren't Anything. those guys from Wisconsin coming down on motorcycles? Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, 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 no. Oh, they're not. Oh, you made it sound like maybe they're coming they down with trailer, trailers to haul refrigerated trailers to haul hogs back. Yep. Yep. 
to haul yeah. hogs back. Okay. There'll be a lot of killing going on. This is so it's like a, meat. It's a killing party. It's a killing party. That's exactly what it is. A slaughter. A slaughter. A slaughter. Do you send out invites, formal invites to a slaughter? No, this yeah, this is kind of like a really special secret thing. I go to Wisconsin, I get first class everything, they come down here. They don't have hogs and a lot of hogs in Wisconsin. They come down here, get to put the smack down. Yeah. And how many will you likely kill? About? Hopefully uh, about hundred and fifty. No. <laughs> Seriously? Oh, hey, if you wait and see. Oh. I'm hoping. Oh, my God. So rifle season's over for deer, so now you can use your infrared at night again. So you can literally. <laughs> you go eat. out with infrared and shoot. Hogs tear up more shit. They, they, they destroy. Hogs are horrible. They can take a 50-acre field that I could I could till with the biggest tractor and disc and for 20 hours. Seriously. Or let's say eight hours. Let's say 10 hours. Yeah, say two days. In one night, they can come in and tear that thing up worse than than I could ever do with a disc. They, they destroy trees. I think you may be rationalizing. No, no, I'm not. Ba- fuck, I'm bacon you, tastes I will good. Show you, no, no, you don't even get bacon off the wall. You don't get bacon off of them. The, the, what uh, kind of meat uh, you get off? They're very lean. Uh, they, uh, they don't have the the wet fat like domestic hogs. So you just you're you're killing them to preserve the land. No, no, I'm killing them, eat them. them but okay, we, so. have, we hang them and, and dry age them to make them soft. But you, okay. it's a, every people people say, oh, you can't eat wild hog. That's not true. That's a fallacy. You got to know what you're doing. There's glands that are buried inside the uh, certain areas on the legs that you got to go in and cut out. If you bust those glands, it make the whole thing stink, yeah. and you don't bust the piss out. But let me tell you something. You ever eat some wild hog for me? So what what do you end up making out of it in the end? Everything from uh, sausage, whether it be breakfast sausage, smoked sausage, boudin. Um, uh, I have special meat cut in sauce. I can make uh, pork chops. Uh, you get backstrap tenderloins. I can make you tomahawk steaks. I can do anything you want to with it. I have a hog Bible. I have to bring it to you. Show it to <laughs> the hog Bible. Anyway, wow. that's it. That's all I got Myself for Thursday. Um, I got a show to prepare for tomorrow. That's right. And the uh, I get to see Roy and Kristen and Kristen. Do are. That's at, exciting. At, uh, Say hello for me. Lopa and Louisiana Corner Association. Media. Make sure Roy got my envelopes, by the way. Okay. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm going to change that show. The eulogy envelope. If Roy right. was dishonest, we'd just take your money now and split it up. Roy would never, out ever be dishonest. I know he wouldn't. Know but, he wouldn't. All right. He's got my back. I know that. That's, that's all it. I got. Done. Well, I'm Jim Chapman. And I'm Woody Everton. And I'm Mike Agavino. For your host of Real Life Real Crime Daily, peace. Aglats. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low, net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.